This is the Alchemized Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Johanna, and I am so grateful to have you here joining me for yet another soul expansive conversation. My intention with every episode is to show you through storytelling and in-depth conversations that you, yes, you, are capable of creating anything you desire. Alongside yours truly, you'll hear from thought leaders and industry voices, and together we will teach you how to come alive in your authentic expression and remember the infinite power of your soul. We're covering topics like wealth, worthiness, the pursuit of your passions, and you'll be inspired to break all the rules of living an ordinary life. You were truly put on this planet to have it all. The thriving spiritual practice, the steamy relationship, the income, and the impact. So together, let's align with our divine selves and alchemize your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Alchemize Life podcast. Today we have a very special episode with Sarah Merrill Hall of Big Kid Problems and Bottle Service, which is honestly like the best name ever for a pregnancy podcast. I'm just so excited for you guys to listen to this conversation. I feel like I got to learn so much from Sarah in such a lighthearted and playful energy around motherhood and balancing being a creative, being successful, having such a like deep connection to your business and then having a pivot in life through the portal of becoming a mother. I have had a couple different conversations with guests and friends over the past several months about this topic specifically and you know in the episode today I kind of share how motherhood intimidates me because I feel like I have this baby that is my business and so it was so good to hear Sarah's journey her experience the challenges that she went through how she overcame those challenges the amazing aspects of motherhood and this season of life that have shifted her priorities and her values and even her perspectives because I think for many of us that are you know moving into the season of desiring to start a family or having already started a family or are really balancing now having a family and getting back into the flow of business it can be intimidating and overwhelming to balance both and I think especially for women having so much responsibility around taking care of baby while also running a business like to me if I'm being honest it feels like a lot and so having this conversation with Sarah just helped to kind of lessen the intensity that I was feeling towards it not that I am having a baby anytime soon you guys but you know, it's a conversation. And so um, it was really great to have this talk with Sarah and I'm super excited for you guys to hear it. Sarah is the creator of Big Kid Problems. Now, I don't know if you follow Big Kid Problems, but I know for me personally, Big Kid Problems has been a source of humor, of comedy, of levity in my Instagram experience. So Big Kid Problems is a meme account that Sarah started, gosh, like over a decade ago, I think is what she shared. And Sarah started it while navigating the nuances of adulthood and had been utilizing it as a relatable way to open up conversations around all of the different things that start happening when we become adults and the big kid problems that we all 
for the most part, inevitably go through, through this really humorous lens. She's so fucking funny. And so I loved having Sarah on to not just talk about her journey of big kid problems, but how through different seasons of her life from adulthood to navigating a career to going full-time into big kid problems and the other creative projects that have stemmed from it, how she's been able to hold it all and pivot and learn and grow and continue to expand the way in which she supports and serves the people that are in her audience. So I love this conversation for so many reasons. Of course, we talk about motherhood. We talk about giving birth, the moments after giving birth, what people don't tell you, what was surprising for her, the ways that her priorities shifted from the space before having a child to now having a child. We talk about her podcast bottle service and I just think that you guys are going to adore Sarah and love this conversation. So without further ado, let's dive into the podcast. Everything that you need to know, all of the links, all of the resources are in the show notes. I cannot wait to hear your feedback. So make sure if you love this episode to take a screenshot, tag at Ava Johanna and at Sarah Merrill Hall or at Big Kid Problems. And I hope that you guys enjoy. I will see you on the other side. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Welcome to The Alchemized Life. I've been very much looking forward to this conversation. First, because I freaking love Big Kid Problems. You are hilarious. I send my boyfriend your memes all the time because they just crack me up. I think the the one that you posted recently that was when me and my husband start sharing a bank account, I was dying because we've been having so many conversations and like my boyfriend and I just come from different backgrounds and have very different financial upbringings. And so I thought that that was so funny. And so first Big Kid Problems is like something that literally just brings me so much joy when I go on Instagram. But also I'm 30, I'm getting older. Conversations are starting to shift around where we're moving next and creating a family and just a lot of the adult things that a part of me is like, no, I don't wanna have these conversations yet. Like, let me just wear crop tops forever. And so I just feel like there's just, there's so many different ways that we can go in this conversation. I'm just so grateful to have you here. So thank you so much for making the time to come on. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm, it's truly an honor and I'm excited to chat with you. And first things first, you can wear a crop top however long Amazing. you want. <laughs> I was in a, yes, I was in a, I was in a yoga class earlier and there was this like 68 year old woman next to me who was like one doing way better than I was. And two, she was like rocking a crop top. I'm like, you are goals. I love that. Yeah, I was at the gym earlier and there was she was probably 90 years old and she's like, "Do you think I could work in on the on the like the rowing machine or something?" I was like, "Hell yeah, you can. Of course. <laughs> That's awesome." Yeah. So, Sarah, I want to talk about motherhood, becoming a new mom, all of the different just things that you have experienced and faced and the stories that you have from this very like tr- not transitional necessary necessarily but like a time where life is very different than when when you once knew it and also I'm sure there's so many things that like actually get to remain the same but before we even go there I'd love to just share with my audience a little bit about you big kid problems where you really found the inspiration to go down this road and your journey up until this point and maybe maybe pieces of the journey that you haven't necessarily shared recently that excite you Oh, totally. Okay. So for anybody who doesn't know 
big kid problems. It's basically this account I started in college. I was a senior in college, just on social media, kind of just like making fun of like our quote unquote, like adult life. I started it when I was like getting ready to graduate, getting ready to graduate and, you know, kind of having to figure out all of these like very adult things, like how to get an apartment, how to get a job, all of that. And I did it for fun, like just to kind of like make fun of my day-to-day life. And then I kept going. So I started it in my early, early twenties. And then it kind of has moved with me through life. So like, and in my mid twenties, when I was, you know, I had a job, but I was dating and like on all the apps and doing all of that. And then it moved along with me when I was, you know, found my now husband and was like, you know, trying to get engaged, like waiting for the ring and like doing all of that. It's been with me when I've like shifted careers. It's been with me through getting married. And now it's been with me having my, my first baby. So you mentioned the word transition, like a transitional time in your life. Like that is the word because I, I definitely think going into motherhood and having a baby is like the most transitional period of life. But I've had this account and have been talking about this openly on the internet, like so many life transitions, which that we all go through, you know, around this time in our lives. So that's, that's been a lot of fun. And I I love doing that. And yeah, that's kind of the genesis of what big kid problems is and where I'm at now. Were you surprised to see it take off at the level that it did? Or was it something that you kind of knew would be in the cards as long as you stayed consistent with it and like kept doing it? Or were you just like, let's just see what happens. This is fun. This is almost like therapy for me to share in this type of way. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea that this would, if you had told me when I started this account that I would be in my thirties still doing this, (laughs) I would have been shocked and especially doing it as like my main job it's insane when I started it too like social media was brand new like influencers or any people like making money online like did not exist I actually when I started this account I did not want my name attached to it at all because I was like saying kind of like inappropriate jokes and I was you know I was being very very honest and I mean even the joke you mentioned earlier about like splitting the bank account like that is like kind of an uncomfortable like thing to talk about openly in the world so I just for the longest time I did it anonymously and had no idea that I would that this would it would blow up or or be where we're at today but here we are yeah and I honestly I feel like that's like that's what attributes to the success right is it's like it's just an authentic genuine expression and form of sharing that isn't necessarily tied to any specific expectation at least in the beginning and because of that it feels like it feels good it feels relatable it feels like there's no catch or nothing like nothing underneath the intention besides just to connect with people and and share like a humorous experience that we're all going through. I'm curious what led you to deciding to, for it no longer to be an anonymous account. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was tough. Well, I started it again when I was graduating college and I was getting into the workforce. So I was like, the last thing I need, you know, when I'm trying to find a job is for employers to Google my name and have some of these jokes come up, you know? Like this would not be good. So the reason I kept it anonymous was because I wanted to keep like my corporate life safe. So around, you know, somewhere in my mid twenties, I was doing well in the corporate world and social media kind of became this thing where there was other creators who were like 
making an income, making money off of what they were already doing and, you know, getting these incredible opportunities, you know, with brands and, you know, living this extravagant lifestyle that I would see online. And I'm like, oh my God, I have this following and, and I could potentially, you know, create an opportunity for myself through the social media account that I love to do. Like I'm already doing everything. So that was a little bit of the um, genesis of me, like poking my head out of the curtain and then also, you know, putting myself more into the, the content. And then what happened and what be, kind of became cool was that I did this account just for funsies. Like it was just, it, it was kind of a form of therapy, but I noticed, you know, the more that I moved through life and I got through these like crazy life transitions, whether it was like quitting one job and like totally pivoting into a new career or going through like a truly devastating breakup. I, the older I got, I had a little bit of like wisdom with me. And so I would kind of like look at these big kid problem jokes that I was making throughout the years and, and could see, you know, oh, I made a joke about this when I was 24. Like now I have some wisdom with me. Like, I wish I could go back to this girl who had this big kid problem and tell them this. Uh, you know, so I, I, uh, from there, I went from just telling jokes on the internet to getting into podcasting and creating like the Big Kid Problems podcast, where I was able to share a little bit of more life wisdom, like bring in experts to talk about certain transitional things in life and kind of almost weirdly become like a resource, but like somebody that was accessible online. And, and that when I started doing that and um, that it, it just kind of gave this whole other level of purpose to doing what I was already doing. That's awesome. And I feel like it also allows for people to, in my personal experience, like receiving your energy, your personality, your humor, and then having it not just be that, but go that step further into, well, yeah, we are experiencing these, these things or we are navigating these things. And here's how you can navigate it with grace and with the wisdom that I wish that I had. It's like, it feels like older sister vibes of like, okay, cool. Like I'm with my older sister who's fun, who I love, who I look up to. And she's also dropping some wisdom on me. And it doesn't feel like there's a hierarchy or I'm, I need to judge myself or feel like I'm doing it wrong. And I think sometimes when it's less relatable, it can feel a little bit like, not that it's intentional, but it can sometimes feel, or at least in my opinion, I've sometimes felt like, oh shoot, like this amazing person up here who's so successful and takes such good care of themselves and cold plunges every single day and does X, Y, and Z, like I'm not doing that. And so that makes me not good enough versus like a more relatable relationship and like conversation. I feel like it just allows for more people to be in the conversation that maybe wouldn't necessarily feel totally safe or free to like not judge themselves with the things that they're going through, if that makes sense. Totally. I mean, that's kind of been my whole thing is I'm not like an aspirational person on the internet. Like, if anything, I'm the person who's like making fun of myself the most. And like saying the cringy thing out loud, saying the embarrassing thing out loud. And I think people can resonate with that because we all do cringy, embarrassing things. And like, we all do things that we're not proud of. We learn from, of course, we learn from those things. But I just that that's kind of been my thing is I'll be the one to put my hand up and be like, I'm guilty of this. And then I feel like it lets other people be like, oh my God, me yeah, too. <laughs> I love it. So I'm so curious because to me, I'm like, you're so freaking creative because it's not just the content on Instagram that you've created. I mean, you've created the podcast. I know that this next era of big kid, big kid problems is bottle service too, which I'm excited to hear about. How do you 
and how have you throughout the years like do you have a practice or something that you prioritize to make sure that you are connecting to your creativity or are you just like literally like just someone who's so freaking funny and in the shower just thinks of like sassy quick things that would be hilarious content (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of a little a little bit of both I mean I'm definitely like in the shower thinking of things and are driving like I have I have like notes apps on my phone where I can like grab my phone and write down whenever I'm getting like a inspiration in some way shape or form but honestly I mean I think the biggest piece of it is and I've heard this from other creatives who are in completely totally different spheres than I am is just like once you are consistent with creating it almost becomes like muscle memory so I mean I especially in the early days of Instagram because like back in the day like the way that we grew was just posting like who could post the most amount of content which I know it's changed it's changed um, since then but in the early days I was posting sometimes three times a day and so I was constantly thinking of stuff constantly writing even if I wasn't posting it I was you know writing down like you know somewhere between five and ten jokes a day thinking about this stuff and and since I've continued doing this I've been running this account for over 10 years and so I've been like making content every day that it doesn't even I don't even think about it that much I just like it literally like flows out it's crazy yeah so that's that's part of it is the consistency piece yeah I mean consistency is like unsexy as it is is truly like people always want a cheat code or a faster way to success or ease in whatever area of their life and it's like consistency is truly like that's what makes you better that's what makes things easier and I think that even though it's unsexy to to, to say like oh it's consistency it's like that's the truth that's really what it is because I don't want it to sound like I'm just like a genius all the time like there are definitely days and sometimes weeks where I am not feeling funny at all and like nothing is coming to me so that I mean I think that is normal too where you have lulls in your creative process so I just whenever I am feeling creative I just like really try to take advantage of that energy and like over create and like make sure I'm doing a lot when I'm when I am getting like a burst of that energy because I think it it's in flux for everybody who is in a creative field. Yeah, totally. I mean, there are some days where I'm like, if it was like old days Instagram, I would have posted 10 times today because I just feel like I just am bubbling with things to say. And then other days when it's not so much, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't, I have no idea. But if I take the time to actually like slow down, stop and even put my phone down, I'm like, do I really not know what to say? Or could I take a moment and just like be with myself for a second and will something come up? So I think that this leads into the other part of the conversation that I want to have and will be a good bridge because with life changes such as motherhood, like we were talking about before we hit record, grieving, these these big transi- transitional periods of our life, moving across the country, starting a new job, you know, what would you suggest, especially like if we're entering the conversation around motherhood, around the consistency piece, around the continuing to show up piece, also around like navigating the ebbs and flows of creativity and feeling really connected to your work and maybe feeling more connect- or disconnected to your work. Have there been moments as you've become a mother where it has been more challenging for you to stay connected to your work and creativity and if so how have you showed up for yourself in those times and showed up for work and also showed up for family in those times so that you're not completely losing sight of your business or not completely losing sight of your creativity 
Oh man, totally. I mean, in this particular transition, becoming a mom and even going through pregnancy itself, even before my baby was here, I mean, this was the time where it was the hardest that I've ever been through to keep up with making jokes because I didn't, it was not fun for me. It was like a very, I had a pretty rough pregnancy. I had a rough birth and motherhood has been amazing and incredible and I love it, but it's also been completely all encompassing. So it is easy to kind of lose yourself in this process. And I'm sure in other times too, in other, in, in life, like you mentioned in grief, I know it's, it's gotta be so hard to stay consistent with the things that you want to do in life when like there's something so heavy and something so big that's weighing you down. I'll speak to just this latest installment with with the motherhood piece. The biggest thing has been like to allow myself to not like, you know, that I mentioned earlier, there's some days that I wasn't feeling funny. There were some days where I was in a really rough spot. And I'm like, you know what, I'm not gonna try and force anything, because I'm not feeling it. And I need to do the things that are going to like, nourish me and get me to a good place where I can get back into like the things that I want to do. So sometimes that looked like really slowing down. If I was trying to do too much, taking things off my plate, it was like getting back to the very, very, very basics of like self-care for me sometimes, because it can be easy if you're running around or trying to do things to like lose sight of like you know, journaling, uh, journaling for me has always been helpful. Doing like a gratitude practice has always been helpful. Going on just walks outside has always, always been helpful. Whenever I think I'm like, oh, this isn't going to work. I just, I literally step outside with in and walk my dog two blocks, three blocks. And I'm, I'm, I feel so much more energized. Like just humans, if you think about it, need to like eat, sleep, go outside and connect with other humans. Like these are like our essential needs. So Sometimes when I'm really struggling, I try to get back to those, those core things, but yeah, like having grace for yourself. I mean, motherhood is one of those things too, where I think it's, it's pretty normal to lose yourself a little bit because you're in such a transitional state and everything is different. (laughs) You know, when your baby gets here, your day-to-day life looks completely different. And so it's like honoring the the transition with that. It's like, okay, I know I'm going to, it's going to take me a while to adjust to this new life. And it's giving yourself time to make those adjustments. And then also, you know, figuring out once you have some time under your belt, like weaving your old life in with your new life kind of thing and making it work in a way and just not, not expecting it to just all come together easily. These things take time. Thank you for sharing that. I think one of the maybe insecurities or worries that I have. And I know mental health is really important to you and a big pillar in how you want to support people and how you support people through your content. I think one of the things that I've realized about myself and what I've really been working on this year is my relationship to work and my relationship to myself as an individual without my job title, without my business, without content creation and not attaching the two together because I know that when I do decide to start a family that it's going to change. And I think I've had a fear for a while that like I'm so scared to start a family because I like I have been my whole life has been so devoted to my work for now six, seven years that who who will I be if I can't 
be on social media every day? Who will I be if I'm not able to keep up with my podcast? Who will I be if I need to reduce the amount of programs that I'm running? And there's been this like for a while, there's been this big part of me that's like, it's not not until I do I get to this milestone, will I be ready to start a family? And now it's been more so how do I let go of my attachment to my personality or who I am and my my identity being in my work so that whether the transition is into motherhood or something different, I'm not I don't feel like I'm actually less valuable or less worthy or that like my identity is now gone because my priorities have shifted. Yeah. Okay. First things first, I want to say I was there. Like I was in the exact same boat and especially like for anybody who's like doing their own thing, who's like carving their own path, like entrepreneurial, like having your own business, having your own creative endeavor or whatever it is, you, you, there is so much passion and so much like you, you give so much to that thing. And I was the exact same way, like completely. And again, also very nervous, those same reasons to have a baby. I was like, I don't want to slow down. I have like momentum. I have things happening for me. Like I can't imagine a, a situation where I become a mom and all of these like tropes that there are of like, you know, women who become moms and like that becomes their whole identity. Like, I just don't see that for myself. I don't want that to be where I had, like, I, I like the life that I have already built and it's taken me a long time to get here. I don't want to lose it. So I've had all those same thoughts completely. One thing I do want to say, and I, and I think this isn't just for motherhood, but in, in general in life is like, nothing has to look a certain way. Like I've realized this with motherhood because I had some real fears and just from even like seeing my own mom and how like she navigated through life and work and stuff like that. I, I just thought that it had to look a certain way. And I'm realizing, no, like you can actually create what you want motherhood to look like or what you want, whatever it is to look like. And it can be completely different. I've been experiencing that myself. And one of the biggest things is like having a a supportive partner, like my husband and I are, I'm very open about, you know, I don't want to be the only one doing X, Y, and Z. Like, I don't want to be the only one like calling the shots, like, you know, taking the kid to the pediatrician or, you know, changing his clothes or doing the bat. I don't want to be the only person doing any of this stuff. And so I've been co-creating with him. We've just been very transparent and honest with each other of like what we want out of parenthood and like designed what uh, our actual like day-to-day look like to support, to support that. So, and there's a lot of, there's a, like a lot of that, that goes into, I think anything that you're trying to, it doesn't have to be a certain way and you don't have to let go of anything to get to another thing that you want. I think that's the exciting. You can blend your lives. It does take time. It does take being intentional and like knowing what it is you want and and going from there. I'm curious, did you and your husband sit down like prior to getting pregnant and kind of start having these conversations or was it during the pregnancy or was it based upon how things were going in those first initial weeks and months of your son being born where you were able to start having these conversations of like, okay, wait a second. I thought that things would be this way, but we need to have a conversation and like, this is where I need support or this is how I want this to look. Like how, how was that process for you? Cause I feel like 
in my experience, because I, I went through divorce, or I'm still going through divorce, the paperwork is taking freaking forever. And my, my ex and I, we never had a conversation in the beginning around like, what are the expectations of a husband? What are the expectations of a wife? What are the expectations of marriage? And so we had all these unspoken expectations. And that was part of the demise of our relationship is that those conversations came too little too late. And, you know, he's still such a dear friend of mine and I will love him forever. But I, after that, I was like, okay, like there are uncomfortable conversations that or maybe like traditionally would be more mm. uncomfortable conversations around expectations and roles and responsibilities that will probably do you better to have earlier rather than later. I was going to say for us, at least in my experience, like it's been a, a little combination of everything you were kind of just saying, like we have had to have conversations after the fact, but even in the beginning, like early days before, you know, what I was kind of still trying to decide if, if, you know, my husband was going to be my person, you know, we were, we were trying to figure it out. It was, we were long distance for a long time. So I was really like, I want to make sure you're the right person for me. And I was a little bit on the fence of motherhood in general, just from kind of like seeing my mom struggle as a mom. And like, it didn't seem like an enjoyable thing for her. And she didn't really have a lot of support. Like she was, she was doing all the heavy lifting herself. And I just remember from a young age being like, I do not want to be this mom who is like stuck doing everything herself is so stressed out and overwhelmed that she's not enjoying this at all. And so those were like some early conversations Brandon and I had. I'm like, what kind of dad do you see yourself as? This is how I see myself as a mom. Like, does do these things like coexist, you know? And, and having those conversations is honestly like one of the reasons I was like, so I was attracted to my husband. And one of the reasons I think we worked out and like made it through some of those harder things in our early days of distance and all of that is, is because like, I knew we were on the same page about family and um, where we wanted to be like in life. And I think it's not even just the conversation about kids. It's like about everything. It's like, where do you see yourself living? Where do you see yourself? Like, where, how do you see yourself working? You know, at the time I, I always was like, I want to make sure I'm not a stay at home mom. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to be working. I, you know, want to do this. Like, these are just kinds of conversations you got to have early on. All that being said, we've been very open and like have had all of those conversations and still coming into parenthood. I mean, there's just so much that changes and so many things that move around and you kind of can like fall into these role, roles and dynamics. And so we have had to have like come to Jesus conversations where I'm like, wait a second, you're living your life and like going out and still doing work and like meeting friends. And I have to ask permission to take a shower. Like yeah. we, 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 what happened here? You know, like there are these weird dynamics that shift out and especially like for women, because like we're the ones who carry the babies who a lot of times if we're breastfeeding, feeding the babies, doing all this, like we just have more responsibility that happens, especially early on. So like it does require um, having very direct conversations and making changes like where you need to. And I think a lot of moms, especially have, I've, I've heard these terms since becoming a mom, I've never heard of them before of like the mental load of motherhood, having resentments towards your partner. Like these are things that 
pretty much everybody who goes through this process experiences, but I think you can like fight it by just being really honest and like asking for what you need. Yeah. Which can sometimes be the most challenging part for people who aren't necessarily used to communicating in that way. I mean, I remember in previous relationships, me communicating my needs would bring that other person to a space of being defensive and the communication of my needs, meaning something is wrong about them. And then they would have to defend themselves. And I'm like, I'm just trying to say what I need and like where I'm coming from and this wall's coming up and you're trying to defend yourself. And then my trauma and my lived experiences, now my wall's up and now I want to fight back at you. And so it's the communication piece. I feel like you can just learn so much about yourself, about your partner, about your past even, and like your relational dynamics just through like a single uncomfortable conversation. And damn, have I learned so much about myself. Like it really is such a practice and almost like a meditation to be in a conversation where you're like, okay, I know that what I'm going to say might potentially make the other person a little uncomfortable and I need to be able to hold myself in this and breathe and be calm. And it's just, it's, it's such a interesting and also cool practice and like being a human being in an uncomfortable conversation or being just being in a conversation that's not necessarily uncomfortable but where you are sharing like a vulnerable part of yourself or sharing one of your needs totally and i think even like how you were just explaining it like with your ex-partner and how he would get defensive and you'd have to slow down even just like I found that with my husband that we have situations where we'll start to talk and I can tell he starts taking things I'm saying because I'm trying to give him like feedback of our parenting and he's taking it like extremely personal and we have to stop and I have to say, nope, you're here. Like, I don't think you're hearing what I'm saying. I think you're taking this the wrong way and we have to just slow things down and like go back to go forward. And I think if you're like patient and conscious of like, you know, those things, you can have those conversations and they, they do get a little bit easier, especially if, if the person that you're having the conversation with is eager to, to do that too. Yeah, totally. Can I ask you what have been the biggest surprises postpartum that you, I mean, I know that you mentioned there's a couple like terms and stuff that you, that no one talked about before you were, before you became a mother, but were there any surprises outside of that where you're just like, ah, I was not expecting this. Uh, How much time do we have on this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) So many things. I mean, so many things. I mean, one of just to kind of be on theme for what we've been talking about is I just didn't, I, I knew that me and my husband coming into parenthood, were both like gung ho about it being like a 50, 50 partnership. Like we're like, we, you know, he isn't wants to be involved. I'm like, I don't want to be the only person being responsible, but just naturally, I think the female just takes on so much. And especially like, you know, looking at our past role models and how the gender it has played a role in the history of, uh, you know, our lives up until this point, women have just taken on more of their responsibilities. And I found myself like without, without paying attention, just me taking on more and more and more and my husband getting off easy. And that was a surprise. Like not why well, I mentioned that, like having to ask permission to take a shower thing. Like I have realized via social media that that is a shared experience <laughs> where like women don't even feel like, 
they don't feel that they can take a shower. Like we are so, we just take so much on ourselves and are so invested in our baby. And so like, you know, just blinders on and taking care of our child that we can sometimes just completely forget about taking care of ourselves. And that is a thing that a lot of moms experience. Like I, there's a, a couple of times where I like had to ask and plan to take a shower and like a couple, like, I, I remember there was like, I was on day two of not showering. And I was like, wow, I really hope I get to shower today. And I had to stop and be like, wait a second, bitch. Like, this is not, this is not what we signed up for. This is not the kind of mom I want to be like, let's reevaluate and have a situation where I can shower every single day and like, take care of myself. That was a big thing. I think recovery in general was very surprising. I kind of had this notion. I think a lot of people do, even like when you're pregnant, the, the doctor kind of tells you, okay, you're going to have a six week, uh, a checkup and that'll be it. You know, like you should be good to go after six weeks. So I kind of thought that like the postpartum period was six weeks long. I thought recovery was six weeks long and then you were fine. No, <laughs> short answer. No, like that is like the beginning of your recovery process. It is so much longer than I thought. There's a ton. There is so many things that were surprising, not only in postpartum, but also in pregnancy. It's like, and everybody has a different experience. That That's another big piece. So it, it's kind of one of these crazy things to navigate through because, you know, you can lean on your friends. You can talk to people who have gone through it with you or before you and get some really valuable insight. And I mean, talking to my other mom friends is like, the best having other people that you know go through it to share with you things that they've been through is like there's nothing better than that but at the end of the day you're kind of going through this and figuring it out on your own because everybody just has a completely different experience so i mean that's really why i wanted to create my podcast bottle service is to like be very open about what i was going through in postpartum and like bringing in experts bringing in other people talking about the things that like nobody tells you about in postpartum and in pregnancy because it can feel very, very overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I think, and also like you said, it's like there's so many shared experiences and at the end of the day, like everyone's experience is going to be different and everyone's going to have different opinions mm -hmm. and the opinions may make sense for you. They may not make sense for you. And so I imagine that, it can be pretty isolating as well too, even when you do have a bunch of people around you that are kind of sharing the same experience. How did you navigate like the isolation of it all? And like, I know that you said postpartum, like the six weeks kind of, it starts there. Would you say that that, that journey comes from more of like that starting their point is more from like the mental and emotional side of things or also physical as well? everything. <laughs> I mean, you're definitely, I, I experienced like my first week, my first six weeks of postpartum was so like, you're just in such adrenaline mode and like, you're coming out of birth. Like I, I, you know, I had a, a long recovery. I ended up, I have a C-section. So like that recovery looked a little bit different than I was expecting, but that is like such like a crunch mode of recovery. And then when you come out of six weeks and you're like, now, now you're kind of expected to go into the world and be like, okay, you're, you're my, I remember going to my doctor's appointment at six weeks and they're like, all right, we'll see you for your pap smear next year. I'm like, wait, <laughs> that's it. Like what? <laughs> and you're kind of on your own. And I think at least for me, it was like, it was like even a couple weeks, maybe even months after that, where that's when it gets hard is because you're like, oh, I should be past the hard part. But you know, you kind of come up for air at a certain point and you look around, and you're like, whoa, my life is totally different. Like what happened to my, what happened to my, my pre-baby life? Like 
is that ever going to come back? Like you're, you're just so ingrained in those, those early months into motherhood. It can be, it can be hard. It can be isolating. And, and you don't have, unfortunately, we don't really have like support. I feel like we really, really lack and support for new moms as a society in general. So all that's to say, because I feel like I'm sounding like doom and gloom right now, <laughs> that uh, you do get through these things. Like you do get through these things. Everything is temporary, especially in postpartum. And there's so many good things. One thing that like postpartum going through this crazy period has taught me is like that in any period in life, I mean, I've had bad breakups too, where I felt like I was, you know, really in the shit for a hot minute at any point in your life, there are really good things too. You have to look for the things that you're grateful for. Like for me in those postpartum days, when I was struggling, like I would look at my baby and be like, oh my God, like he's never going to be as small as he is right now. And he just, all he wants to do is lay on my chest and like snuggle with me. And I would just like melt into these baby snuggles and just like enjoy the shit out of them because like just as temporary as like the healing process was like I knew that this good time is also temporary so like you gotta you gotta try and like lean into the good and enjoy it and I have found that that is something I'm taking with me into like other transitional points in life is that even when there's bad times like you know that it's things are gonna get better you, you know that there are good things like I remember in my breakup phase um, even when I was like really, really sad and a, and a past breakup, I had girlfriends that like rallied around me and like those became my best friends. Um, so there's always like little silver linings um, to look for and any bad or tough period in life. And um, it's good. Like you, you get through this stuff, like the time heals all wounds quote is so true. And, you know, it makes it makes things at least for me, it gives me comfort and helps me um, move through things easier. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a conversation that I've been having a lot lately, specific to this is like, sometimes there are seasons of life where we have to look a little bit harder to find the good or work a little bit harder to be grateful or to celebrate what we have. And that's okay. Like, that's just a part of being human. And it doesn't mean that because mm -hmm. it's harder it's not available or because it's harder, you're not worth it. And that's just something that I have really taken into my everyday experience with. If like if I wake up and I'm in a bad headspace or I'm not feeling a totally 100%, I'll just tell myself, okay, well, today's a day where you need to work a little bit harder to feel good. And that's okay. And that kind of helps me direct my mind and even my actions into, all right, well, what are the things that I know are going to make me feel good? And how can I prioritize doing those things? Even if it means I got to do it a little bit longer today so that I can really just like move whatever energy is making me not feel 100%. So I love that you shared that. Are there things that have shifted for you priority-wise that you would tell a younger you pre pregnancy pre-motherhood that for anybody like you wish that these that, that people would know ar around priorities or even just like how you look at life now that has shifted since becoming a mom yeah totally I mean priorities totally shift like where I even like get value from like the things that like make me feel like are totally different than where I was pre-baby but I, I almost I mean if I could go back and tell my pre-baby self something like honestly I wouldn't change anything you know the, maybe the only thing I would say is like prioritizing health is so so important like 
I see some of these, I was just talking to my husband about this. Like we were out at a restaurant and I see these like gorgeous, like 20 something year old girls, like all vaping. And I'm like, am I the old woman that like, I just want to like go over, like I'm like a troll bridge that wants to like put my arms around them and be like, listen, ladies, let me tell you, like, don't do this. But like, you know, I think the older we get, the more that I appreciate our health and like, we can't take this shit for granted. We can't take our bodies for granted. That's like the only thing I would say, like always prioritize your health, take care of your body. You only get one. And like your, that goes for your mental health too. Taking care of yourself first and foremost, because like you don't get do-overs and like the shit that you do in your twenties, like does carry over into your thirties Oh yeah, <laughs> and beyond. Yeah. That would probably be my answer for that. <laughs> Honestly, this year has been a big year of prioritizing my health and it's just so wild, you know, like I would say at the beginning of every year, like this is going to be my year that I have like a consistent workout routine and that I start eating healthier and I never ate super unhealthy, but I definitely indulged and come from a family of indulging. Like I'm at my parents' house right now and the meals that my dad has made in the last 48 hours, I'm like, oh my god like luckily I only come out here twice a year because it is just so rich and so heavy and like literally <laughs> the best food ever but I come from a family of indulging and so I've really had to rewrite my relationship to how I eat and how I fuel my body and how I move my body and this year I'm like oh my gosh why didn't I start doing this sooner? I feel so much stronger. I feel so much more confident. My mindset feels so much more clear, like just the quality of my life overall from the simplest of things, which is prioritizing my health on a greater level. So I totally agree with you. And like, I've been able to experience firsthand what it feels like to like actually focus on how do I nourish my body? How do I nourish my mind? How do I nourish myself emotionally? And like you said earlier, it's like those simple things, right? Sleeping well, eating, moving your body, connecting with other people. And I think, again, we're like, we're always looking for a cheat code that it's something else, but it's really those simple things, right? Yeah. One other thing I will say that has shifted for me, and I was thinking about this the other day, and, and it's funny because you're like, I just, you're reminding me of how I, I was like before. And I, I'm always like a, a big goal getter. Like I, every year, like set these like really high goals for myself to hit them, achieve them. I, I measure my, you know, how good I am or how good I'm doing based off of like things that I'm achieving. I can be a little bit of a perfectionist, all of that. And one thing that like, going through motherhood has, has taught me is, is just this, the sense of like, whatever the, whatever you're doing is enough. Mm. Like that has been like the thing I just, I come back to and tell myself all the time. I'm like, you're doing enough. Like I had a workout class earlier today and I sat through maybe like 30% of it. And I just like couldn't do it. And I was like, you know what? But I showed up. Yeah, I got here. <laughs> uh, I did it. I did enough with my business, like things have slowed down for me because I'm prioritizing raising a child. And, you know, I still keep up with my business. I still love doing my work, but things have just are slower this year than they have been in previous years. And I'm like, I'm still doing, I'm still doing it. I'm still showing up. I'm still trying. I still like what I'm doing. I'm doing enough. So that's been kind of a shift for me is just like 
coming to a better a more of a place of acceptance Mm -hmm. and just like not constantly like grinding or feeling like I'm not doing enough because like we're all trying and like I think we all need to go just a little bit easier on ourselves that is my theme for life is stopping so hard on yourself it's you know it's funny too because it's like who's measuring stick where are these milestones coming from these goals it's so funny because I was when I first met my boyfriend he was like you realize you're setting like really high goals for yourself that most people don't even like dare to reach for and you're setting these and maybe you're not reaching it but you can't be hard on yourself for not reaching it when you're setting these crazy goals like exponential goals I'm like oh yeah I guess I guess that's right maybe I should (laughs) chill out a little bit and then I'm like nope next year gonna be an even bigger number (laughs) Totally. I mean, I get it. Like, and sometimes we're just wired this way. Like, yeah. And, you know, and in a way it's great because I'm sure you get shit done that a lot of people don't and you achieve things that a lot of people like wish that they could, but that they don't try. So in a way it's, it's like a, it's a good driver. It helps you, you know, get shit done. (laughs) But I encourage you next time you're like being really hard yeah, on yourself to be like, you know sure. what, I've I think, done enough. Yeah, enough. I think also it's like, it at what good. point does it become a double-edged sword? At what point is it like, like you said, it's like, well, what point are you starting to be unkind to yourself? And it's not just about getting things done, but it's holding some unreasonable ex- expectation for yourself. And that's definitely been what I have been personally exploring over this past year. And like I said, like, the quality of my life from just having conversations like this has exponentially increased because the awareness around what my default modes are around grinding in work around, like I was saying earlier, attaching my identity to success or the things that I achieve, just having the conversations around it and my awareness growing has allowed me to begin to rewrite the story. It's definitely not completely written, but it's it's in progress. So I appreciate you for sharing that. And before we before we wrap up, though, share a little bit about bottle service. I know we've touched on it a couple times so far in this episode, but I know that it is going to be so supportive. Like you said, there aren't a ton of resources and support systems for new moms. And I just feel like this is going to be for anybody out there. So many people are in the same position that I'm in where they're ready and or almost ready. Boyfriend, Matt, do not listen to this. But are in, in that stage of like, all right, I'm gearing up or I'm currently pregnant. I have lots of friends that have recently announced they're pregnant. So can you share just a little bit about bottle service? Yeah, totally. So I, I, before I got pregnant, I knew I kind of wanted to like create something around pregnancy because I know like on big kid problems, I talk about all kinds of problems and I'm like, I know pregnancy is going to be not problems, but all kinds of things that happen in life. And, and I know pregnancy is like all encompassing and there's so much to talk about. I'm like, I don't, I, I almost need to create a separate space where I can like talk freely about this so that it doesn't just like overrun my account. Cause my account is like, guys, girls follow it. Like people in their twenties, thirties and totally different walks of life all follow it. And I didn't want it to just become pregnancy central. So I knew when I was trying to get pregnant, I'm like the day I get pregnant, I'm going to start this podcast. And what I wanted it to be is I wanted it to be a pregnancy podcast following every single week of pregnancy. And to, I, I loved, I, one of my best friends got pregnant before me. And like, instead of adding her husband to her little app, 
she added me so that I could see week by week what was happening to like her baby and like what size she was that week. And I loved it. I was obsessed with it. I thought it was so interesting, like all the crazy things that happen and how much is changing week by week, like your body's growing eyeballs one week. And like the next week they're, they're growing a, you know, a skeleton, like it's insane. So I sought out to do a week by week show of just, you know, giving a lot of information. I did a ton of research, like giving like just actual information week by week of pregnancy of what's happening to your baby, what's happening to your body. But I also infused it with like my own personal experience and like obviously humor and all of that, like tried to make it fun, tried to make it interesting. I mean, what I didn't know was when I started that podcast, just like how hard of a time I was going to have while I was pregnant. And so then I had to keep up a show every single week, <laughs> you know, where I was like so tired or, you know, like so sick. Like I would record some episodes from the literally the bathroom floor. And, but in that sense, I think it's like the most authentic real pregnancy show that's around and people listening to it. Like that's the feedback I get all the time. They're like, Whoa, like this is real. And because it's week by week, I think it's fun because people who are going through pregnancy can listen to somebody at the exact same week that they're in and, you know, talk about exactly what's happening that week. Because like I said, like there's so many, so many week. And so I think that people kind of get that sense of what, what could become, can be a little bit of an isolating experience when you're going through pregnancy, you now have like a friend to kind of go through it with you and it's fun. And um, yeah, then I, I was only going to do the, the, the 40 weeks of pregnancy and then it, became so popular and had so much great feedback from that show I decided to continue on with the postpartum season so that's where we're in now we're in the postpartum season of both a bottle service and it's just been great I think it's an awesome resource I, again if anybody's pregnant or thinking about pregnancy or just recently had a baby it's it's a really fun show and hopefully a place where you can come and and laugh about everything and not feel so alone so come hang out on bottle service guys <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I loved all of the different places that this conversation went today and just you sharing so openly. So bottle service is obviously where people can tune in. Where else can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at big kid problems. That's like my biggest channel. And then I have my personal of course, Sarah Merrill underscore hall. And then yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm on the Twitter. I'm on threads. I'm on TikTok, but Instagram's like really my like my place. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you again for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Alchemized Life. As always, all of the things that we mentioned inside of the episode you can find inside of the show notes including links to our upcoming programs like the Academy of Breath, our 12-week breathwork and meditation certification program, and Breathwork, our six-week personal practice course. Both of those can be found at academyofbreath.org. And if you're interested in any of my upcoming business coaching programs like Proximity, my 12-month membership, which is essentially an all-access pass into every program, every course, and hot seat community coaching calls once a month, you can find that at avajohanna.com. And finally, if you enjoyed this week's episode, it would mean the world if you share it with a friend or tag us on your social media. Make sure to tag me at I am Ava Johanna. And if you've been listening to the show every Tuesday, it would be so appreciated if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts and give the show a follow on Spotify. I truly am so grateful for all of your support and this amazing community that we've built since 2018. And I cannot wait to see you guys next week for another show.